It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to our sixth module of our Money Coaching Certification at Good Vibe Coach Academy, where we are going to troubleshoot uh, the different situations that can come up with coaching clients on the subject of money, (laughs) of which there are many, huh, Lisa? (laughs) I was just thinking, like, you almost, we could do, like, a whole series on just this issue. But I think... We we've picked some we picked some good ones here. Some well, it's pretty know, simple. Discover. Yeah, no matter what's happening, and a variety of things can happen. The way back to alignment is pretty simple. So you only have to know a few things, no matter what the challenging situation might be. And sometimes it's happening because what we're sharing with a client doesn't feel like it's landing, or their situation isn't work isn't. We're not seeing signs of progress. There can be a variety of things that might make you scratch your head and wonder if you know what to do with them. But when you remember these troubleshooting tips, you'll feel very confident about where to take the coaching session next. And none of these are going to be a particularly big surprise, particularly the first one. But this is something that I often miss. Like the the LOA basics, the LOA 101 kind of stuff, when I'm working with a client who's really kind of off in the weeds, I, I, sometimes it's easy to try and go too advanced, to keep explaining, to try something more intricate, to take a, you know, a new and different approach, to find something that when really, I would say nine times out of ten, taking it back to the basics usually does the trick. No figure. Yeah, sometimes, especially if a client is especially convincing in their story or if a coach is particularly empathic, it's easy to feel spun out with them, and we might get a little lost in in our way of guiding them back to what they want. But if we just remember that the basics are to help our client focus on what they want and then to do what feels best, that's actually not just for the client but for us as well, (laughs) focus on what we want. And follow our own guidance. We want to be a source of clarity. We want to be a source of, of um, helpful guidance. We want to, whatever it is that we want, we focus on that and follow our own inner guidance. That will help you. If you train them into the same thing, that's all it takes. That's what alignment is all about, managing our focus. And clients may resist that. I mean, particularly LOA-savvy clients or maybe even not LOA-savvy clients, like that may actually feel too basic, and it is not basic. It can be really complicated, focus on what you want and do what feels best, particularly when somebody is strung out. I mean, helping people understand that the manifestation is a feeling. Like instead of focusing on what you want, i.e., I want a million dollars in the bank, we're really asking them to focus on how would you feel? How do you want to feel? What is that million dollars going to make you feel? Like coaching a client back to the feeling 
over and over and over again, and then teaching them to listen and follow inspiration and guidance. You know, some clients are pretty receptive to that, especially those who are very savvy creators. Others will resist that. Um, But you know what? I found it effective, even if we are talking about, you know, the certain amount of money that they want to make at this job that they're interviewing for or the debt that they want to get rid of. If they're attached to those details, I sometimes will let them roll with it. But um, making sure that they're looking at what they truly want rather than what they don't want, because it is easy to fool themselves about what they're dialed on. And, of course, training them that the way to know is based on how it feels. It sounds pretty simple, but it can be, um, it can be a, a difficult concept for them to embrace and be self-aware of. So that comes in really handy uh, for yourself when you know that, that uh, their, their focus is what we want to make sure that they're managing effectively. And then, of course, it's what are you dialed on and are you following inspirations? Because a lot of people have an idea about what they think they should be doing. And if they are attached to those actions, they might be overlooking, dismissing, or ignoring inner guidance inspirations that would truly take them where they want to go. And having problems in their heads trying to justify taking those inner guidance inspirations Mm -hmm. when they're so far off track of the normal path of what they think they should do. Like a certain amount of being able to negotiate for somebody's inspiration or advocate for somebody's inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes, I will say this for me, my clients pay me for that. That that may be what they pay me for a lot of the time. I love it. Somebody who's in the ring to fight for inspiration when everything else in their lives points in a different direction. You know, and we've talked about this before, how – often clients don't actually know how to recognize inspiration or inner guidance because, again, it doesn't show up the way they think it should. Like if it has nothing to do or they don't think it has anything to do with their financial goals, they might just not even, it might not even register on their radar that this is their inspiration. So teaching them you know, to take the blinders off and, and be more aware of where they're inner being is calling them and then helping them have the courage to go there. Yeah, I agree. Simple stuff though, LOA 101. I know I'll often say that. If I start to feel like, okay, we're getting a little tangled up here, they're bringing up a bunch of different things and it's starting to feel a little convoluted, I will sometimes just say, okay, let's remember. And I'm saying it out loud for myself as well as my client. Law of Attraction 101. We get what we vibrate. What are you focused on right now what is that vibration, and is it serving, or do we need to shift that? So that can lead you out of trouble in a variety of situations. I know you've said that because you've said it to me. I've heard you say it to me many times. <laughs> so I think also it's, it's helpful to know what to do when a client is getting no results or they think they're not getting any results because we don't want them to spend very much time, if any time, in the story of it's not working, Mm -hmm. I'm not getting anywhere. I think that it can be really, really useful to go to distraction at that point. Like, okay, let's look at something else. Let's talk about something else. What, you know, what's working? 
that might not have anything to do with this. Distraction sometimes is a really solid, at least temporary tool for being stuck or feeling stuck. I like that one. And you, sp- you spoke a minute ago to what I like even before that, which is to point out that look, their assumption that they're not getting results is wrong if they aren't paying attention to how they feel. So if, if they're engaging any sort of alignment process or whatever their vibration management plan is, if it doesn't help them feel better, then they need a new plan. That, that plan's not working and they shouldn't be expecting any results. So if they are engaging something that offers them any sort of relief or better feelings, that is, the, that is a result. That's the first manifestation. And a lot of clients overlook that. A lot of coaches sometimes overlook that too. But we, that's our sign as to whether we're on the right track or not. So if they can find that and see that for themselves, then they can put in, it can help put an end to the story. You might have to help them retire the story that nothing's happening. But being able to connect the feeling with whatever their practice is would, should help them um, give themselves credit for the progress that they're making. I agree. And, yeah. Go ahead. Well, sometimes the best way to feel better is to just let go of this, to go find something else to focus on for a while so this one can get a breather and get some movement. And when Mm -hmm. it comes to money, that can be a challenging thing to ask someone to do. And if you can get, if you can coach a client to let it go for just a little bit, like really let it go for just a little bit, a little bit is sometimes all it takes. I mean, we don't have to let it go forever. It doesn't have to be let go for a month. Can we let it go for an hour? Can we let it go for a day? Like really let it go. Like releasing of resistance is a miracle salve. And mm-hmm. yes, that is like a superhuman power. But we can we can work with ways to be distracted for an hour or two or three. I think that's a skill that our clients can really benefit from learning and mastering in general is yeah, how to let it go and distract themselves for just a little bit. I think the ones who have been most worried and anxious will find the most relief when you assign them the homework of, okay, for even if it is, I love that, Lisa, just an hour or even 15 minutes, like just training them to let it go for a while, that, that can offer a lot of relief for them to be assigned to not think about it. If, if someone who's worn out, will love getting permission to let go of it. Mm-hmm. And get a lot of, I mean, yeah, a lot of traction in that, which I think is a lot like, it's, it's similar but different to surrender. I mean, there's two different kinds of let go. There's probably lots of kinds of let go. I mean, but there is also surrender. Like just, you know, let's just make peace with mm. what is. Mm-hmm. Let's just, it, it might not be what you prefer. I mean, this is one of my personal mantras. I may not prefer this, but I can be okay with this. I can actually survive this. I'm not going to die from this. Let's just make peace with what is right now before we try and move on. And that can be challenging, but it's also revolutionary because I think it's very different to shift a vibration that you haven't actually befriended in the first place. I mean, you don't have to keep it forever, but I think helping a client make peace with what is in whatever way you do that before you shift the vibration I agree. helps the client drop the resistance, which keeps them stuck in the vibration in the first place. That probably should have been our first tip. I think 
that's a that's a really powerful one to bring up and f- when a client engages it it's magic happens mm-hmm. and 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 you coaches know that because you've lived it yourself and maybe not on the topic of money but you know how quickly things move when you say yes to something instead of trying to change it so look another another approach i like to engage with someone when i don't know what else to do with them is is to look at some of their past successes for a template as to what their best manifesting process looks like. That not only gives us a set of instructions to follow, but it reminds them that they are powerful creators. So if someone tells me a story, and I'll ask them to tell me a couple of stories sometimes, but often in the very first one that they tell me about, I can point out to them what was different about that success than what they're practicing right now. And if I'm just taking notes while they're telling that story, then they're basically creating their own homework assignment for themselves because it's been proven to work before. I think knowing your client's history or, and we talked about this before when we were talking about storytelling, knowing their stories is probably most effective, but if you don't have one of their stories, you can use one of yours Mm -hmm. or somebody else's story. Something where you can illustrate the value, the key role of a vibration, of how something feels, of what someone's thinking. Like, stories matter a lot, and client stories matter a tremendous amount. You know, that sometimes someone else's story might even be more inspiring to them because they have more confidence in someone else's experience than their own. It's easy for someone to dismiss their own successes because they don't necessarily view them that way. Uh, when a lot of times when people manifest what they want, they just think, "Oh, well, that would have happened anyway," and they don't really give themselves credit for the powerful creators they are. And when they hear someone else, what someone else did, they, they sometimes they get more lit up with that than they do their own process. Agree. So these last two things we have on the list in terms of troubleshooting tips, I'm glad they're last, and I'm going to say I'm glad they're last for a reason because I think. A lot of coaching, sort of typical coaching, lives in these two areas. And I think that these should be, you know, down towards the bottom of the pile. I like to, I want to work on what I would consider a positive spin-up instead of an excavation of potential, maybe, quote, negative things that might be going on with someone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try everything else before I'm going to go to things like, self-sabotage and limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. maybe not everything. I mean, unless it's really obvious that we've got something on the table. But you may have to do the kind of work where you're looking at why a client is self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. And they can do that in a variety of ways. Self-sabotage can show up in the form of not engaging the work that you've talked about in the sessions. It can show up in terms of Oh, like uh, sometimes if a person is really low on the worthiness spectrum, they're going to have trouble receiving what it is they want to manifest. Look, when it comes to money, you'll find a fair number of people, they're just used to a certain financial status. It's like a set point or a ceiling that they tend to gravitate towards. And, you you know, that might look like self-sabotage when we're trying to rise above it. If someone's had some financial challenges, then that set point can serve because it can serve as an expectation that they'll get back to what they're used to very naturally. 
But in terms of wanting to rise above that, sometimes focusing on some uh, deliberate practices for raising a set point can be effective. Set points are tricky. I mean, I think one of the easiest ways to identify set points with clients is when you have a client who actually does, they, they get the money, right? They, mm-hmm. they get the raise. They get mm-hmm. more clients. They get the money. They, they have more. But then they, the car breaks down. The refrigerator mm-hmm. quits working. They've got to go on an emergency trip. And they're no better off for having made the money. Mm-hmm. That is a pretty good indication that you've got a set point issue. Yeah. And I agree, kind of taking a step back, that one of the biggest sort of red flags for self-sabotage is not following their alignment plan. Mm-hmm. And then there's counter intentions. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's um, if if you ask your client, you know, why, what's right about them staying where they're at or not getting what they say they want, if you explore them to invite them to explore the benefits of staying put that can re- reveal some intentions that are blocking what they hired you for. <laughs> and that's not a fun process for anyone. It's like having gas and brakes on at the same time, and it's frustrating for everyone involved. So and like you said, Lisa, this isn't where I start with clients, but if we aren't getting traction pretty quickly, I might start exploring this. In, in, not in a like judging, blaming, like, oh, you're your own worst enemy way, but just curious, let's see if we got any of this in play. So, you know, Mike Dooley talks about how he doesn't like to go looking for limiting beliefs because, number one, if they exist, we're just making them stronger by visiting them. And if they don't exist, we might just be creating them by looking for them because we get whatever we look for. I understand the sense of that. And I also understand that if someone has a strong counterintention to their to the financial reality they want to create, it's going to make the work a lot more effective, a lot more enjoyable, much easier if those are re- identified and released. And, and limiting beliefs can, like I said, a lot of coaching work is done around limiting beliefs. And and a limiting belief, sometimes all you have to do is look at it to, I mean, you identify it and see it to realize that it was kind of bullshit to start with, but it's been running in there for a while. I had a client, I don't know, a year or so ago, who was a real estate agent in a relatively rural kind of, a relatively rural area. And she really wanted to make a certain amount of money. And her belief was, I mean, she had a pretty good relationship with money, but her belief was that real estate agents in that area don't make that money until she met one who did. <laughs> right on. And, I mean, it was over for her. at that. It was within probably two months that she had gotten her income past where she had originally well, thought she wanted it to be. What did she have to do in order to be able to meet that agent? Right, because yeah, we, as long as we strongly believe it doesn't happen, like remember when I believed Utahns were too close-minded for law of attraction and too cheap to hire a life coach, and so I didn't, I didn't, I I couldn't see that until that wasn't something that I held so tightly. 
Anymore. And it turns out they were here all along. That was ridiculous. I, and I think that's a good point. I mean, in this case, in that particular case, we gave her homework of looking for real estate agents that were doing it. But her her vibration had to have been close to have been able to see it in the first place. I mean, sometimes your vibration, it, it's the incremental process of improving mm-hmm. vibration that makes a difference. She would have mm-hmm. never found that person if she had been further off or more tightly dialed down on that limiting belief. I often ask clients just to open up the door. If they're having a hard time believing in what they want, I'll just invite them to engage the mantra, stranger things have happened. That one's been magic for me. I like like even just repeating it to myself right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we go through some some quick tips for the coach, actually? Yes, let's do. Ooh, yeah. I like that one a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Get aligned before your sessions. So you show up as someone who can be of service. If, and that doesn't have to be a long process. It could be as simple as setting an intention or engaging a good grounding ritual. Lisa, do you, do you want to share some ideas about how to do that? Or I mean, I think there's lots of ways to do it. I mean, some people have, like, very hard, like, very, I wouldn't say hard, but I would say, Specific rituals, you know, light a candle. I know one person who cracks the window and lights a candle. Um, But, I mean, it could be as simple as just taking the time it takes to set the intention for what you want to experience first during that session, and then you want what you want your client to experience. I mean, getting connected, LOA 101, how do you want to feel? And start feeling it, like practicing Mm -hmm. that feeling before you even dial the phone or get yeah. that phone call. Yeah. Doesn't it doesn't have to be complicated, but it makes all the difference in the world. And you and don't have to do forget to do it. I was going to say way. you don't have to do too many of those sessions before you remember the power of alignment before you mm-hmm. begin. <laughs> there have there has been a time or two when I'm in a session and I realize all right, I need to plug in. <laughs> do it on the spot sometimes we'll I'll even pause and say you know what um let's just take a minute here and I'll walk them through it but it's for my benefit as well but yeah it's having that experience a couple of times was really good incentive for me to get consistent and regular with that practice I was just gonna say I've done it where where I'm in the middle of a session and I'm kind of sitting there wide-eyed going what the even going on here, <laughs> and then realized that I, I I didn't activate any kind of alignment. And mm-hmm. as a coach, it is our job to steer the energy of the session, mm-hmm. at least shepherd it. Somebody needs to be at the helm. Needs to be yeah. you. It's what you're getting paid for. Yeah. Which yep. kind of comes down to walking your talk in all ways. I mean, mm-hmm. alignment before a session would be one way of walking your talk. But I think walking your talk in a more broad and general sense. I, clients and prospective clients can feel it when you don't. If you're saying one thing and living something else, that's not going to work. And it doesn't produce really awesome results in your marketing or your coaching if you get mm-hmm. clients. Yeah, and I think that LOA savvy coaches know better than anyone else that there's no such thing as like privacy. <laughs> Like, yes, maybe you aren't posting your whole life on your social media pages, 
but energetically clients sense when you are not when you are not practicing what you preach when you are being inauthentic it comes across and they might not even be conscious to it but it will kink up your sessions and your business you've got to practice this stuff the other one and this is so hard or one of the other ones is releasing your need and worry for client results because if you're spun up on that you're not doing them any favors for unhooking from their resistance and their need and their worry and their fear. I mean, it is, it's, we've talked a lot about buying into the client's story, but I think we can also create stories for our clients that they haven't even yet created if we haven't unhooked from that need to produce results for a client. Yeah. Because we all know how attachment is not fostering alignment so and that's an easy thing for coaches to want for their clients results kind of sort of seems like our business might even depend on it but mm-hmm. uh, if you if you that's that that path doesn't have a happy ending so you're going to want to check that in a hurry if you notice that happening and I don't know I don't know Lisa maybe I could name a coach or two who would say that they've never experienced that but I think it's a very common thing for a coach to really, really, really want their clients to do well. I I don't know if I'd believe it if I had a coach say they never felt that yeah. <laughs> At least in the beginning of their practice, I, it, that would be hard. I think another one is to check your judgments and prejudices. I said to you the other day, like, the judgment is strong with me. It really, I do, I judge. <laughs> I've got it in me. And... I it, that is that is something that I personally because it is I do it I have to be very mindful about checking my judgments and my prejudices mm-hmm. about what a client is doing what a client wants to do how a client wants to do it mm-hmm. how why they think this thing is a good idea why they think mm-hmm. I do I mean like <laughs> I I can go there and my work is significantly less effective if I've got a charge on my clients or their desires. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I need to remind myself all things are possible. And as long as they're working with an authentic desire and they've got true guidance that's leading them there, then those other details are none of my business. If if someone asks me, what's that? I said stranger things just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So another another tip that we wanted to pass along was that if you do a fair amount of work with people who are having financial struggles or challenges, that it becomes even more important for you to do your own money alignment work. Um, you kind of want to immunize yourself against the vibrations that you will likely be experiencing during some of those sessions. Because if you don't check that, it's kind of contagious. You've got to be really deliberate about the way you're plugging in to what you want so you don't let someone, when you're doing it call after call after call after call for a living, uh, you, you've got to plug in. You've got to be real deliberate about that. 
And money scarcity, fear about money, all of that stuff is really prevalent in our culture, so we're susceptible mm-hmm. to it just because we live and breathe in this sort of mm-hmm. community universe. I know that you do more money coaching work than I do. I mean, I pick money coaching work very deliberately because I can be susceptible to a less than lovely money vibe. I caught myself the other day. I hung up a phone call with a client and took a deep breath and said out loud to myself, and this is what I believe about mm, money. Right on. <laughs> right like, on. Because I felt that pull towards that belief in scarcity. So immunization in advance, immunization in general, and immunization after the fact, if you have to acknowledge to yourself that you've been affected by something, it's critical for the sustainability of your practice. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so what do we have last on our list of tips, Lisa? Set points and default vibe reset. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was hoping you did because I think that we kind of think that yeah we might need to edit well, this part out. Um, if we if we were looking at what a, what a client's we spoke to this I think when we were talking about troubleshooting so maybe we don't really have to review it here, but if a client's got a strong set point in place, you can do a lot of work with them and nothing moves. If if the work doesn't address that set point, and I don't want to talk about set points like they're this you know crazy hard thing to move, although they might seem like it sometimes. But it's just a matter of creating a new normal, or teaching your client to create a new normal for themselves about their expectations and experiences with money, and that just comes from the thought work that makes up the basis of conscious creation work. Agreed. So in the next lesson, just so you guys know, we are going to shift a little bit. I mean, we've talked a lot about sort of troubleshooting and problems and what to do with the client's issues. We're going to shift to how to coach somebody into a higher abundance dominant vibration. And I think that is a really important distinction. So you've got that much to look forward to in the next lesson. Right on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you in the next lesson. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.